This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But I, the fact is a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing? In order, you know, that that would make it better. Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is, is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that, that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 461, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. everybody. Welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 461. My name is Paul Montgomery. Joining me, Mr. Connor Kilpatrick. What's up? And Joshua Flanagan. People are going to be like, oh, there's too many people on the show these days. <laughs> <It's crowded. laughs> I don't know what to do. I feel like a third wheel. We are iFanboy. We like comics. Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best book that they read. We call that the Pick of the Week. Talk about it on this year's podcast, along with other books of the week, various other topics of interest. And other goofy nonsense. We know you like the goofy nonsense. We like to get that in there when we can. Uh, before we get to the show, quick reminder slash warning. This is a review show, so we are going to be talking about the things that happened in this week's books. So if you're worried about spoilers, pause the show, come back. We'll be waiting for you. This week, Josh had the pick. I did. Uh, I will tell you that I was leaning towards uh, something other than Rocket Raccoon number five. Mm -hmm. uh, and then... I started to read this sort of near the end of my my stack, and, and basically, just for those of you who didn't read it or, or don't know, uh, it, uh, for whatever reason, uh, Rocket and Groot are around a campfire with some aliens, uh, and they're starting to tell a story. No reason, and I don't need a reason. I'm happy that there's no reason. Yeah, um, no, it's a, it's a one shot. It's and, great. and Groot's like, uh, Groot says, "I'm Groot," and Rocket's like, "I'm not telling that story." And Groot's like, "I'm I'm Groot," and and, and Rocket's like, "All right, fine, then you tell it." So then, now. If this had just been a couple of pages and a gag, uh, I would not have made this the pick of the week. But then we are then treated to the rest of the story, uh, this narration of a story as told by Groot, featuring no other words other than I am Groot. And it's a stunt and it's a gimmick, but it was also a really fun use of in-character uh, 
carrot stuff playing with the form of comics and and it was basically a silent issue. Yeah, exactly. It was it was a silent issue, but with that sort of added gag of the I am I am group thing. Right. He, all, Which made every, it funny. Yeah. So so throughout the story, all the characters have their word balloons just as if they normally were, but the only thing anybody says is, I am Groot. Uh, it's 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 uh, illustrated by you know the the sequential art doing in this instance exactly what sequential art is supposed to do is tell the story and and I've all you know I've heard from lots of artists that the the real test of whether your art is any good is if you can do it without the words and this is basically what this is doing and and I really like that sort of formal experiment and this was really fun and then you know at the same time because they had I am Groot the letterer got to play around with it too well, punctuation the letterer really. Which who is it? Let me scroll back. It's uh oh I guess oh Jeff Eckleberry. Yeah. Is as as responsible for telling the story as the artist is. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, making the text bigger or smaller or or, or ch- putting it in italics. It, you know, it's it's as, or the making the word balloon small. Like there's there's a little, you can you know there's a point where Rocket whispers I am Groot to Groot and yeah. you know you, you can you can tell it's a conspiratorial thing going on and. It's it's nice. It's funny about this is that when I swiped over in the first page, I saw that Scotty Young wasn't drawing most all of the issues. It's Jake right. Parker and Scotty Young. He does the the campfire stuff at the beginning and the end, and then right. it's Jake Parker in the middle. So I, I I immediately thought, okay, well, this is going to be my last issue then. <laughs> um, and then I ended up loving this one. So yeah, yeah, totally. I I a I mean, you can tell when you're looking at it uh, who does what, but it's totally in the same tone sure. and it works. And honestly, uh, you know, obviously Scott is a great artist and he's got his own thing, but it doesn't really lose anything for that. Um, I, 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 would, I would subtract no points because Scotty didn't draw the whole thing, basically. No, um, this, this art's really good. And yep. it's seamless. I mean, it, you, yes. you can tell, but only if you're looking for it. Exactly. Exactly. Like Rocket um, has like a, a bit heftier of a snout from Jake Parker, but... That's a, that's I don't know. I think it. I think I think they're both cartoony, but their styles are completely different. Yeah, but it, you, I can tell right away. Yeah, just the way the way they draw Rocket completely different. Well, and just, I think the color like ties it in and everything. So that's, yep. yeah. Either way, for the purposes of of this thing, like I I'm not gonna let that bother. Oh, fill in. No, artists, no, the art was like, fine. It was good. It was great. So you know, completely honest, this is uh, my pick for this was a is it was really fun, but b it was like a it was like a formal experiment, and I really like that kind of thing. And and you know you you just get to see. The work as it exists and you can't there's no you can't do any gags you can't pull things along with with the dialogue to cover up for anything else you're, you're just telling the thing and it was really fun to see the different ways that that they uh communicated without having the words to communicate with uh through the whole thing i th- that actually you specifically mentioned that whisper um the letter the lettering is one way to do it which is cool but i you know like the acting of the characters worked really well like you could tell he put his hand up and is, you know, sort of going sideways. And that is, we're going to talk, there's a question about this sort of later in the show, but we're going to, you know, that's a great example of craft. Like, how are you communicating? How are you making panels sequentially work one after another to, to say something? I wonder if you actually read that email because that's not how, that was not what the email's about at all. Well, no, not that, but, but the idea of craft. Well, we've, we, and we've talked about how there's sort of this Looney Tune sensibility to what Scotty's been doing with the book. And, here it's like the purest form of that because it's it's like a it's like a Roadrunner cartoon or yeah. like mm-hmm. a Tom and Jerry. Um, so you actually have to do everything visually, and <laughs> even you know Wiley e. Coyote had you know uh, signs and stuff and uh, the written word in there that th- this doesn't even benefit from that. So the the thing I really liked about what, where the issue really won me over was just the level of commitment to the joke 
So then yes. they actually are going through this thoroughfare and you see these buildings and billboards and those say, I am Groot. Yep. All the lettering. There was nothing. No words could be used of any kind. And then, you know, at the end, like, it's super cutesy. It's because it's it's, it's a, a surprise party. So they go on this quest and it just turns out that, that Rocket doesn't get any money out of it. It's just his friends uh, throwing him a surprise party. Which is he's not happy. He's not. He's very. He's actually quite anguished uh, by it. He's got a little. He's got even got a little uh, thundercloud over his head. <laughs> and then you know he had the little sweet ending where they, no one understood what the hell Groot was saying around the campfire except for the one little leaf kid. Uh, the leaf kid. Always. So no one likes this, him. It's this great button at the end because how yeah. do you how do you end that running joke and you have to come up with another joke and I I really got a laugh out of that. I thought that was good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's also showing, I think, it's a lot to Scotty Young as a, as a writer, too. I mean, oh, I absolutely. A, I may have been disappointed he didn't draw the whole thing, but I think as a writer, he's really coming along very quickly. Yeah, and, and don't think, uh, I don't know those of you out there in comic book land, don't think because there was no words in it, there was nothing to write. I mean, if, oh, he's, yeah, doing, if he's doing this in full script, and that's, that's a challenge. And he, again, he doesn't have the words to go back on. So every single thing has to be described and, and laid out and plotted. Um, and it was it was just good. I mean, in the end, it's it's there's not a ton to say about it because it's really easy to know what was what was impressive about it and what was fun. I uh, think I, this was my uh, my favorite issue so far, or at least my favorite issue since the prison breakout. Yeah, which also had a similarly you know fun take on like you know it's the the cross section of the prison and breaking out and stuff. And, um, this is fun. <laughs> I'm 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 listen. I'm Groot. They get to play more with the things they do here you get to be goofier in a, in a rocket raccoon and Groot team up book basically yeah and it's it's you know it's it's more i don't want to say it's not all ages but i just feel like their audience is a little bit broader possibly uh well, what, what about it do you think it's not all ages well there was a i don't know i think the first couple were a little more violent and sort of adult themed with with some of rocket's paramours but that's even that's specious so yeah, I think I, I don't know. This, I think this issue was totally different. all ages. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it at all. And there's the siren sort of mermaids, but I don't think that was all that no. body really. Nope. Yeah. I mean, there was the full frontal. Well, yeah, yeah, rocket dong. Was, yeah. <laughs> I mean, didn't expect that. I, I thought this was really good, and I'm, I was not surprised to see it as the pick. I don't, I don't have any problems with this issue. It was really, really fun. Yeah. End of the day, I was just like, you know that. That was the one that, that, that this week I was like, all right, well, that was something really cool and different from everything else that I read. And it was, it was well executed. So it was, mm-hmm. it was an easy one. And also, it was, as we said earlier, the longer the joke went on, it was like, okay, they're really just totally. when I, it was, going it was, for it. It was solidified when they went for the commitment. I was like, oh, this is the whole issue. Rad. <laughs> like I was totally <laughs> fine with that. Because you, you, know, you could have done the gag in, in, in two pages. Like five or six. Yeah. yeah but, but they didn't. They totally went for it. And I, I respect that. Good work. That made me happy. Good work. Uh, did you folks read the new Kurt Busiek book? Yes, I did. No. I did. Oh. I've been very excited about this one. I mentioned, I'm curious that you didn't read it, Connor. I've never even heard of it. Oh, okay. Tooth and Claw number one from Kurt Busiek. Uh, Dewey. I don't know who the, I don't know, what's the, what's the name of the is other name Dewey? of the artist? It is Benjamin Dewey and Jordi Belair and uh, uh, Comic Craft, obviously. Uh, publisher? Uh, it's Image. Image number one. Um, whereas Rocket Raccoon was very not wordy, <laughs> uh, this one had a whole lot of splaining to do and a whole lot of world building to establish 
which was done fairly well, little top heavy in the beginning, but yeah. once it was sorted out and then the rug yanked out from under you at the end, I saw the point of it all. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that entirely. Um, once it gets going, like, oh, this is really this is a really interesting world. And uh, so these are anthropomorphic animals. Um, you've got a wild boar sort of shaman on the cover. And our protagonist is was a bull terrier. It's like Spud yep. McKenzie. Yep. Uh, so we got we got a bull terrier who is the son of a bull terrier mage, a wizard. And so we're living in this this it's this future society, I guess. And they live in floating cities that are powered by magic. Everything is magic. They entirely depend upon magic for their whole culture and civilization to work. And, and there's a whole hierarchy substratas of society some animals are different than others and they're all there's birds and lizards and, and buffalo a, yeah and it's a little like black sad in that yeah yeah who like what kind of animal like sort of informs what kind of personality personality they have so like the leader like the law is an eagle mm-hmm. and whatever the eagle says goes uh, but then you've got you've got boars, you've got there's a giraffe, and they're, it was fu- kind of funny seeing them try to squeeze the giraffe into into panels. Uh, yeah, kind of kind of slouches a bit. Um, but this was a, a lot of a lot of world in here. There's a lot. It's a ton. It's, I think it's a longer than this. This has got to be longer than a regular issue. Mm-hmm. I think this is extra pages. Um. You know, like at first, I was a little like, "Oh, come on, get on with it." But by the end, I was, I was all in. And also, like, you know, Busick gets gets a pass from me. Like, I'm like, "All right, we're, we're going to stick with this." You know, uh, in the way that a lot of people like, I'm not, I'm not comparing it to this uh, content wise or, or thematically. But like, a lot of people say that if you just watch the first episode of The Wire and you don't know what it is at the end, you're like, "What the hell was that?" Mm-hmm. Like it was a ton of stuff. And like, yeah. the, you know, the the thing is, you need four episodes before you're like, "Oh," and then you're you're all in. This this was about forty pages before I think you get there. There's uh, a um, there's an English um, fantasy novel that came out a while ago called uh, jo- Jonathan Strange and Doctor or Mister Norrell. I love mm-hmm. that book. It's a it's a great book and it rem- and that that book opens with them with the Society of Magicians arguing mm-hmm. about what should we do about magic and they're sort of academics mm-hmm. and. They're arguing whether we should actually use magic or whether we should just talk about it and write papers about it and how stuffy it is. And so I totally got that vibe from this. And it's all arguments about magic is running out. So should we like ration magic? What should we do? Um, How are we going to get through this? And there's this one shaman basically says we need to open up this portal and bring back Uh, basically the messiah who gave them magic in the first place and it looks like it's a human being from the flashback that we see Uh, so in trying to bring back that human being to help them restore magic to the world uh, and you know save society I I can't say humanity because they're not you know save the animal kingdom um, it brings about this huge cataclysm and things go sour really fast and hardcore hardcore um there there isn't what what what's that stuff we're afraid of the wrought iron stuff i don't want to there's not re- speak they're, they're, not, they're not a reberistic society ah! there but there's some people get impaled and there are there there are iron works 
and it's and, and it's all the more harrowing if you're an animal person like oh poor yeah. owl it's true <laughs> it's true so. and then and then to cap it off like the last the last page in this and like literally it's on the it's on the inside of the cover they used everything they had um the last page of this is is this dialogue between um cartoon avatars it's made of, to look like like eye chat yeah of of uh Busick, like like talking reaching out to the artist and, and getting him he's like hey i, I write astro city and I, I i wrote marvels and avengers but i have this thing that you want to i'm in and they're like oh okay well and he tries to convince him and the guy's like i'm in and then he talks to jordy and she's like sure and then they talk to the letter like it's just it's and each cute. of those has a little avatar that's like an animal so Busick yep. is a bear and jordy is a fox and yep ben ben dewey's a lion i think that's nice of him they all have glasses yeah <laughs> um it was, it was it was it was good. It'll be a fun thing. It's it's definitely it's pretty esoteric. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it does out in the world. But uh, you know, it's Kurt Busiek, and and it you know it's definitely it's him doing what he wants to. Clearly, like this is his thing, and it's well produced. So good first issue. Good stuff. When when Birthright number one came out, also from Image, we got a lot of people on Twitter and on the website saying, "Why didn't you talk about it? Why wasn't it the pick of the week?" And I hadn't read it. I had, but I think I was off that week. Um, this is a Josh Williamson book, um, and the Birthright number two is out this week. Yeah, birth, yeah, Birthright number two is out, and because of that, I, I made sure I wanted to talk. But also, I wanted to anyway. Uh, a writer, uh, I mean, artist uh, Andre Brisson. Um, it's uh, it's a really good premise. Josh uh, usually does all of his other stuff is kind of horror. There's a uh, Ghosted, and then there's there's uh, is it Nailbiter? Nailbiter. Yeah. See. I don't like horror books. I know I like Josh. He's he's a good writer, but uh, even if you like horror books, Nailbiter is pretty grisly. Exactly. Well, no, no. The title alone was like, oh, people who like that are going to like that, but I'm not going because I don't want nothing for nails. Nails are right up there with rebar. <laughs> um, but this is a totally different um, direction. It's like fantasy. So like I, really I'm going to go ahead and blow the first issue because I, it, we're talking about the second one. Yeah. So in the first issue. Um, Kid and his dad and the brother are out playing in the park, and the kid goes behind. They're the bush. playing fetch. Yeah, kid goes behind a bush and disappears. The family is wrecked. They're all arguing with each other. We shoot forward a few months and or something like that, maybe a couple of years. And uh, the police call, and they're like, "This guy." And there's like a big bearded barbarian guy. This guy just showed up, and he says he's your son. Um, the premise being that uh, he went to a world and became Conan and was their savior and saved everything and then returned. Um, and then the, the twist bit is that um, he actually didn't succeed in that world and now he's being controlled by their evil overseer and he's fooling everybody. He, he but, claims he's back to save yeah. this world from whatever is in the in the other dimension, was called Lord of the Rings world. Yeah. And uh, in actuality, he, he lost to Sauron and Sauron now controls yeah. him and is sent him to Earth to conquer Earth. And so, so the second issue... Yeah. The family, we, that's the sort of, we meet him at the very end of the first issue, we find yeah. out the twist. In the second issue, the family uh, confronts this guy. We go and, to the police station, and that's my favorite scene in this issue is is where there's like, well, this is what, he was armed. Here's the stuff we found on him, and they go into this room, and there's this long table, and <laughs> Giant it's axes table. and hatchets and swords. Like a, a great deal of weaponry. Just it's kind of like when you're man. playing one of those games, and you've got that inventory that's just endless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like in real life, like I yeah. don't know how he possibly. Yeah, like how could he possibly carry that around? And so what's Even interesting? Mary Poppins satchel. Yes. What's interesting about this is the 
the various conversations that are going on. So there's the conversations between the parents and the police that are like, this doesn't make any sense. This is weird. And then the brothers, after they talk, and, and you know, he's well, trying to convince them. The parents them are divorced is. in the meantime. Yeah. And well, then, it sounds like the mother's with the cop now. Yeah. She doesn't want to believe it, and she holds the father responsible. The brother has had a hard life since yeah. his brother. I mean, everyone's then, life's been shattered by the disappearance. Now they're dealing with this. Conan, dude. And then bad. inside his head while they're having this conversation is his, his you know, talking to the Dark Lord back and forth. So there's a lot of moving pieces. So we're you know, filling in the gaps. Dramatic. Like yep. what the experience back. was like as a kid and growing up in that, in that world. I, I love the concept of this and I, and yes. I love the, the execution. I, I, I missed the first issue. Um, and I even get people were commenting over on panels and saying like, oh, you got to check out this book. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll have to catch up. And people were right. This is really good. Yep. <laughs> we totally missed out. It's we, really strong. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you, so if you miss board. that around, two issues are out. Um, and it's you're going to like it's this. Really pretty great too. art. It really looks, it really, it helps the, I mean, it's, the story's great too, but the art's also really wonderful. And it fits that, that sort of uh, sword and sandals Conan style uh, really well. Yeah, it's they're, fun. They're all it's in. Really fun. Like when I'm, he I'm, does his barbarian stuff, like there's there's no, it's full on. You know, like, big like, like, the, like the this person guy should do like D and D manuals or like the the monster guides, whatever. Yeah, because uh, he's he's really good with you know all the different kind of you know monsters and stuff and the you know the cloaks and capes and all, all the weapons. I mean, when you see that table full of weapons and basically there is enough for Zeta. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's there's the appropriate amount the of Frazetta Frazetta. quotient is high. Yes, um, which is exactly really good. the ingredient that you need. Now, Detective Comics number 35 was our pick of the week last time. Yes. We, were, uh, we were very happy and surprised with, um, with the John Paul Leon art and also, is it Ben Percy? Ben Percy is the Ben actor, Percy, right, his yeah. debut, is uh, his novel writer, uh, his debut. Um, what did you think of the uh, closing chapter? I think just as beautiful. I think they needed more than two issues. Yeah. I, yep, I agree. Because it's sort of rushed to the end with Batman confronting... Uh, this eco terrorist. Um, there, there were a lot of issues swirling around with the the aging people and the and the sort of larger concept of everything yeah. that was happening. Yeah, I liked that stuff. Yeah, just, and it was, it was, it was real short. Compra- it was very compressed. I just didn't. I didn't get the fact that they were aging. Although once I did, I thought that was really fun. That I didn't remember that from that Batman and the cop were aging because of the. Are we supposed to believe that Dick Grayson is torturing somebody? I also had that thought, and that, that was actually, like, huh really bothered me there's that but i know and he's also, off doing his grace and stuff in that book that never comes out but like and also the confrontation uh, in the club it was kind of icky icky i don't know weird with yeah well that was a little more dick grayson style to be honest yeah <laughs> the yeah but the, but literally like the tooth removal i thought the hell is going on in that grayson book yeah <laughs> no the club thing was totally in character is the, the battery torture is not in character. What I've read of the Grayson book where he is, you know, a James Bond type or whatever. Um it's a little more complex than that. Um it's a little bit more happy go lucky than Yeah, a little less battery torture. They also yeah. made it's funny cuz like the uh in, in in I and I don't plan to have many criticisms of Leon, but uh it, it, you know, he made him look quite old. Yeah. And then the the dialogue had it made it seem like he was quite young. And so yeah, I didn't know what it was on the phone. Doesn't he looks? He looks like he's in his late forties. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh-huh. I, I'm sort of looking at this this two issue story anyway. It's sort of like an Elseworlds tale. Yes. It doesn't really fit into the Batman world, and yeah. he looks like the old Batman. And he's not even really even drawing the dumb costume. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I didn't. Re- at the end of the day, I didn't really care because I just sort of look at it as sort of a, you know, offbeat 
sort of darker Batman story. Yeah, and that sort of it's, helped me get through like the the Grayson pulling teeth thing. Like he's okay. It's a it's a darker version of all this. Yeah, like, I think if that being the jump. case, so it should have just been somebody else. Like he knows some guy. Should have been. Uh, I'm just like a man. Yeah, there are plenty of characters. Could've, could've had a, he could have had. He could have had to. But if you look at it as sort of an Elseworlds thing, yeah, which, I don't really. Whatever. Eh. It's just awesome to look at. It is really pretty. I'm, yeah, I mean, I mean, his he he draws planes real good. <laughs> like his, his airports were wonderful. Um, you know, it was pretty good. I feel like it. You know, new new writer. He got two issues. Like this was your story. And oh, like three. I think three would. Have yeah, been and he, he made it. It was a little bigger than right. I think he had time for. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's of all things a new comic writer uh, that's not so bad no it was really strong as i mean assume, you know he didn't overwrite it yeah i would like to see more from him you know yes these yeah. two could de- take over detective i'd be fine oh, please or if they did like one shots or something that would be yeah or they, they got a couple of issues every year that's totally yeah. cool yeah guys i have a real problem i really fucking love the bearded superman me too they know i never want him to go away they did their research. Stay with me, Beard Superman. They did their research into what Hold the kids like today. I'm lonely and scared. They went, you know, I'm seeing a lot of men with beards around. This <laughs> could be our audience. And there's so many different, like, they captured it at every different angle. Like, it, like it, gets, it gets hero shots throughout. It totally puts conditioner in that. It's just, it's just shiny and new. And his this hair's was, a little uh, bit longer, too. In addition this was, to um, Which was a problem with no beard. But without with the beard, with the it beard. all works together. That's the yeah. secret ingredient right there. So this is the first issue of a new arc of action. Finally, we, we're getting past that doomed storyline. You know how uh, hard it is to get a uh, beard conditioner that works on a Kryptonian? <laughs> I mean, that shit has to penetrate. He, um, this is also drawn by Aaron Cooter, and I feel like this book is always much better when he's drawing it. Yes. And so this issue... Uh, we're dealing with the aftermath of the Doom storyline. People are rebuilding. Uh, he, Smallville's having problems. This is also a, a horror story. So I'm curious, Josh, what you thought of it. Because I it like all of the things about it except for the horror story. Mm. Mm. It's very much a horror to small town, which I do. I like those kind of things. Like very sort it's of the mist. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's the mist. It's, kind it's of the mist. And and it's fine. I really I enjoyed. Uh, I I like the the Lana uh, John Henry stuff that was yeah. interesting. I like. Whatever this weird detachment Superman we're going through right now, which, by the way, is such a better version of the thing that I think Straczynski was trying to get across when he did the, the, the grounded, grounded thing. Yeah. I mean, it's very similar, in, but this is just executed so much better. And then he's finally, you know, he's like, uh, I have to get involved. So, like, he's still, <laughs> he's still Superman. You know, he's got to do that thing. And it's personal because it's in Smallville. I don't know why no one's putting that together, by the way. Why is he always here? And he has a beard and Clark has a beard. Yeah, exactly. What? Um, Beards are in, man. Yeah, so I don't really care about the zombie part, um, but I thought the rest of it was well done. I think the important thing to note, the important thing to note about the the beard is that, and the longer hair, it's not a Jesus thing, which it usually is with Superman. Right. But they're going a different route. They're not going for that, you know, Sunday school route. He's he's moving to Williamsburg. He's opening a brewery in his back back room. Looks awesome. Yeah. I like the device that he couldn't penetrate the fog, so he went off to save the day and came right back with, with, when he was when he, after he saved Lana. And, yeah, yeah. I'll be back soon, and he, you weren't kidding. Was, I, I like just, Lana as a character. I think that they've actually managed to, to create, by not making her a romantic character and by you know sort of bringing her into this world and, and reinventing it, they have a really nice uh, relationship. relationship. I mean, basically, she's the one who knew him before he was famous. Right. She, and she's super capable on her own, you know, and, and she's 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 with uh, Steel now, but it's not like she's 
the trophy for that guy. It's because he uh, is he's, he's yeah he's equal to her. I also like this steel in that the old steel suit never made sense because it was like a suit and a mask he wore. Yet somehow he continued to talk in his mouth. It's like a Destro problem, right? But this is this is like a liquid metal that enveloped his body, which makes more sense. That's just I like that. Just, Unfortunately, they're going to be sued by Ultimate Iron Man. So now I also like that the three barbershop old dudes are like the the, the villains. <laughs> you know, like the three guys that sit there and watch the town go by every day mm-hmm. in front of the barbershop are the are the main culprits here. I like that. It's I don't think I picked town. up on that. Yeah. That's the last page. The last two pages. Um, I just like I like a little horror story in a small town. If you oh, I story, see. See, I I misread that. See, because they say, "What's he going to do about us?" I thought they just weren't affected by it. Not, yeah. It was like, "How's he going to save us?" But that makes much more sense. Yeah. And so I, I like. I'm not a big horror fan, but I do like these kind of creepy small town yeah. horror stories because small towns are. It's good creepy. that it's. I'm trying to think of the right analogy for, it, but it's it's like the Stepford Wives thing, but. You know, like the normalcy, the banality of a of a town in in Stepford, right. it's a, it's like suburbia, but here it's you know for like a small town. It's nice. I I don't mind going off genre sometimes for super like a Superman thing. Like that's mm-hmm. interesting. I, I think it's a cool thing to do. And you know, I don't want the book to be that all the time. But mm-hmm. there was a there was a really good Superman horror story in the '90s that Arthur Adams drew. I think they just recently collected it because it was like a three-parter and they put, made it into a little trade. It started, it co-starred Batman and it was about them fighting vampires in a small like uh, bayou town. And it was actually really, really good and looked beautiful, obviously, because Arthur Adams drew all three issues. But cool. you can, I like occasional Superman horror story because it's a monsters and zombies and magic is not his wheelhouse. So right. it's, not, it's not so easy for him to right. punch things. And it's also weird coming right after Halloween. You want it to be the week of Halloween. It's sort of a scheduling kind of, you know. Well, Halloween is all year, Paul, if it's in your heart. If you're Elvira, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of uh, being in your heart, the holidays are coming up. And if you're going to do your holiday shopping, in fact, if you even want to check out that aforementioned Superman trade, which maybe I'll look up while the show's going on during a book I didn't read. Uh, you can go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon. Wait a minute. (laughs) Find your portal to Amazon, do all your holiday shopping uh, we get a piece of that, keeps the servers on, keeps the microphones in working order, keeps us all happy, keeps uh, Josh and cocaine. It's a worthy yeah, endeavor. Because I sound like a cokehead. <laughs> to do all your holiday shopping. You should see me without Amazon, it. Doing it at fanboy.com slash Amazon. And we really appreciate it. Every, during, the, during the years, we've all, whenever we've been doing this, people always uh, we see, seem to do that. There's always a spike in, in, in the... Uh, Amazon stuff in the holidays. So we really appreciate that and thank everyone who does that. It's not just me. We do. Thank partially you. me. It's partially me, but not just me. Also, you're doing it for the economy uh, at, at larger. Uh, and then also, you know, like, you know, if you want to prove to your loved ones that you love, that you love them, them. Yeah, exactly. you buy them shit. I mean, <laughs> that's how it works, right? You, yeah. give yeah. Them that, you should give them that new Amazon Echo thing. You have to put in a request that's really to get interesting, invited. Isn't it? Is, and They're you just little, call it Jarvis. Their little Kindle TV thing that you just plug into the. Uh, into the HDMI port, that's pretty badass. The Echo is interesting, though. It's almost like yeah. a Star Trek computer. Hmm. And also, iFanboy.com slash registration. That's where you become an iFanboy member. Three bucks a month or 30 bucks a year. That's how you do it. It helps us directly. And uh, we appreciate everyone who's done that over the years. Everyone who's helped us out through either of those methods. In this holiday time, in the spirit of forgiveness, we thank all do, of you. Do you know what the last thing in the description of the Echo is? They've got four bullet points here. I'm going to tell you if this scares you. Uh-oh. <laughs> Point Always four. Listening? Connected to the cloud. 
so it's always getting smarter. Right there, you need to stop. (laughs) What are you doing, Josh? (laughs) That's awful. You know what? What are you doing? I'm afraid I can't let you do that, Connor. (laughs) It even has to have a safe word. Like you you have to use the word to to do it. Like they know how dangerous dangerous it is if they just if it keeps getting smarter, that. it's going to be able to override that. You know what? I'm sorry, I can't. I can't recommend anybody buy that. We should probably. <laughs> we probably shouldn't support. Shut it down. It. You get that. You get that. Uh, the dongle thing that Josh was talking about. I ordered one of those. I don't I know. Remember, it was twenty bucks. Yeah. Now, but now in now in general, I'm a little worried about the company. <laughs> Cyberdyne System. What? <laughs> Amazon, a subsidiary of Cyberdyne System. My thing is to befriend Which one's Cyberdyne. It? That's Terminator. That's, that's okay. Right. That's what I was going for. Mm-hmm. You, you get it. Skynet. You get it. Even if you didn't know you were doing it. You I it wasn't right. sure if I did. I was like, is this Blade Runner? I can't remember right now. Well, either way, that'd been fine. But you yeah, I know. Yeah. You're right on point with your reference. Thank you. You clowns read Superman Unchained? Yes. Number. This is the final issue. The number nine? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I really wonder what this book would have been if it had a different artist. I wonder that every time an issue comes out. But Superman, Dark Knight over Metropolis. I'm sorry. I've just been looking it up while you guys have been talking. Okay. That's the name of the collection. It came out last year. Features uh, actually multiple stories. One of which is the Arthur Adams Batman and Superman fight vampire story. Actually, it wasn't three parts. It was just an oversized annual. I'm sorry. Continue. (laughs) The the Dustin (laughs) Gwynn parts were really nice. They were nice. Although I don't, it, think, I don't think I, he would have been right for the whole book either. I, en- I enjoyed the no. rest of it too, but I yeah, I think I would prefer another artist, and I don't think it's worth having it come out so sporadically yeah. to have Jim Lee on it because it's I don't think it's even Jim Lee at top form. Yeah, you know? it didn't seem to affect the sales. It wasn't like it was a blockbuster. Oh. Um, it's funny because when we first heard about this book, we were at Comic-Con and we were in the pool trying to figure out who, who should draw it because we hadn't had an artist yet at that point. And we we really couldn't figure out anybody but Darwin Cook. Although he, I don't think he would have been right for this story. No, no, so, no. So that's that would have been, I don't know. What's like, interesting like, about it is, like ten years ago, you would have been like, oh, Brian Hitch or or right. uh, uh, um, what's his name, it's McNiven or you know somebody like that or, or Cassidy maybe. Right. Uh, but today, those those aren't necessarily surefire sellers. I don't know. What's interesting about it, and this sort of bleeds through also in the Jeff Johns Superman book, is that you know the, it, these guys seem to be very consciously or subconsciously fighting against the New Fifty Two yep. version of Superman, because in this one it's like this he it's implied he has this long legacy of inspiring the people of Earth, mm-hmm. and the Lois relationship doesn't really make much sense. And um, this isn't a knock on the writing; this is them trying to write a traditional Superman story within the framework of the new Superman. And it doesn't really well, in, this, in the same way that we were just talking about detective like this, right. this exists sort of as an else worlds, yeah. but why should it have to, I suppose? Well, yeah, there's the, the, you know, there's that bit with, you know, with Lois before he goes up and he thinks he's going to sacrifice himself. He goes up with the full intention of that. And she's, and she's like about to say, I love you, but says, thank you instead. And so yeah, it does, it does Sorry. feel like, yeah. So it does feel like, bumping up against that and just because they haven't had they haven't had be. that relationship in this in this world they haven't it wouldn't right. make any sense i mean i get it's just weird i just wish they would stick with the direction well what's also you interesting know? about it is you know scott snyder is a big fan of dark knight returns and you get mm-hmm. that bit where superman is like 
you know, turned into yeah. like a withered corpse, basically, in outer space. <laughs> and it feels very, you know, Frank Miller. Totally. In fact, so. even the art at that point. Yes. Like, has it takes a turn. It's really we, interesting. Right? That, that, you know, the, those specific parts, those, those don't feel very Jim Lee. Look at how liney the work gets. It's yeah. like a whole different thing. Liney. There's a, that's a, that's a technical <laughs> term. It's an interesting <laughs> term. You probably haven't heard it. Uh, it's only for insiders. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I should have even said it. Overall, I'll bleep it out. Overall, I think we all really enjoyed <laughs> for the most part. I mean, we've, we've been enjoying this. I would like to read this all at once to sort of. Yeah. Because reading it every few months or so has been Because Snyder touches on some, some interesting things like um, yeah. the, the whole like the whole bit with Luthor at the end. You know, talking about he's he's a he's a candle. He's not you know a, like a beacon. He's and it's it's a it's a very nuanced sort of criticism of Superman. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. I like that actually because he said he said he analyzed Superman's energy trail or whatever and science stuff. And yeah, he's not though. He's not. He doesn't always go do the right thing. It's a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. And I like that too because that is what it's what he is. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's it, he's trying to say that he's an alien, but he's finding out he's human. Mm-hmm. Right. Pat on the back, guys. Liney and science stuff. Science, science stuff and Liney. Yeah, the legendary Liney science stuff. Well, that would be too much. Legendary Star Lord number five. This is fun. Um, and this, you really do feel you 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 sense the voice of Chris Pratt in here. Uh, he's like fully taken over the character now in the comics, and it wasn't always that way. And it even they hadn't wasn't seen the movie yet. That way, you know, yeah, a year ago. Um, so he says things Are you like, sure he was just in your house. <laughs> so he's, I do have a, a talking star Lord that, yeah, I can do phrases. Anyways. Um, he says stuff like donkey sandwich, which I just hear Chris Pratt in my head <laughs> when he's saying that. So I like what Sam Humphreys is doing here. It's a beautiful book, uh, Paco Medina on art. And my favorite thing about this continues to be a uh, long distant relationship with Kitty pride. That's a That's fun combination sense. of characters. <laughs> <laughs> and they have hollow dates. It makes sense in that they're never really romantic. It's always her being let down by how bad a long distance boyfriend he is uh, right. because he misses their their dates where it's basically their their Skype chats. It's really mm-hmm. hard to keep track of that time change. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah th- th- I mean, it's I hard enough going like going like New York, London and LA, you know, yeah. Paris or something. But you're talking about Time he's, zones and he's space. In the, I don't even know what those are. He's yeah. in. He's in. The, it's not even an app for that. It may not even be relative to say the minute. You know, like <laughs> right. at least we can go by the hour. You're talking about. It's it boggles the mind. It's it's War, science stuff. Time. Yeah, science stuff. It's really Connor, deep science stuff. Stop giving it away. We're gonna get in trouble. <laughs> he's he's and he's also he's in he's in the thick of it and he says okay hollow date uh, in two days, and she's like okay and it's like what what does that mean <laughs> like do they have do the holograms have uh. Sensory uh, capability. <laughs> is it like the holodeck? Is that I don't yeah? Know. Um, it's it's less holodeck. It's it's less Riker on the holodeck and more. Uh, help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, or, yeah, it's that kind of that hope. kind of thing. Which which is more realistic, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, but also not terribly fulfilling. Or it's like um, or it's like the uh, the the Tupac or uh, or Lil Sebastian holograms. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yes. I just watched all of Parks and Rec last month for the first time. So, good show. It is. 
And I get a lot of, of jokes was, that I didn't get. It was a number. <laughs> it was a, it was one of those shows that uh, that that was like that first six season episode or first six episode season was like was that was rough. not that was not good. And yeah. then they come back and they 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 sort of they did an office. They you, pulled an office. You get rid of one of those guys mm-hmm. and then you fix Steve Carell's hair. Those are the two things you do. <laughs> Chew 44. We got to be reaching closer to the end of Chew, don't we? It certainly feels like it because they killed everyone in this one. Um, <laughs> the last issue, maybe. Yeah, no, uh, I, I actually, this was like the all action issue. And I got to the end of it and I was like, that's a real good Chew issue. Um, you know, they did their time jumping, they moved things around. It's, it's the, the fun stuff you expect from Chew. Um, and uh, they, they killed a lot of the people, or at least, at the very least, mauled them quite significantly. Um, they've done a good job at making this this vampire guy or whoever I forget his name, um, very formidable. Dracula, is it Dre? It's Dracula, right? <laughs> Blade. I don't know. I don't know. It's something like that. That's for us. Dracula no. guy. I don't know. It's not Dracula. Count Dracula. But like they're like they've they're in the zone so good, uh, or well, if you want to be grammatically correct, um, they're in the zone like so perfectly that that they really can just do all sorts of fun stuff. And there's even a Popeye gag in this that I absolutely <laughs> loved. I thought it was really funny. And then, of course, there's a two-page spread in the middle where Poyo versus, is, is versus Oyap, which is his dark-dimensional doppelganger. It's just a giant two-page, two-page spread for no reason, uh, except to say that Poyo is not there to save their bacon. So, like, he's this MacGuffin that they've set up, and then he's not there at the time they need him, which is funny. Um, you know, and then uh, eyes get ripped out, and limbs are chopped off, and... Uh, is is just a real good issue. Then there's some script in the end, so you can see how uh, how how John writes it and Rob interprets it. And, Have they done that before? Uh, I feel like I haven't seen it because I I usually like I always like to see how they do, you know, scripts what they look like. These scripts look exactly like the way that I I, I write scripts, so obviously I approve. Is the uh, is the is the chicken doppelganger a MacGuffin or a McNugget? Oh, that's a groaner. Yeah, that's, okay. that's why I waited so long. It's like the longer I wait, I, I, listen, I I respect it. Highlight that. Yeah, I don't I don't know that I I respect you, but I don't is respect it, it. The other thing is this <laughs> is this going to be the new Superior Foes of Spider Man where we assume each issue is the last issue and we're started, always wrong. This, this is definitely not. The, did that for three <laughs> like issues? The last didn't three we? issues. I think one of the I think the I think it, it ended right. I think. It, <laughs> yeah, it was. This is a good place to end. <laughs> good work, Josh. Listen, four hundred and sixty-one of them. <laughs> it was still a good issue. And I think there was just shit out that week. Um, Ghost Fleet number one. This is this was neat. Um I didn't have I didn't have a lot of books this week, so I I tried some new stuff. So I saw a new number one from Dark Horse and it's Donnie Cates and Daniel Warren. And this is a book about lost roads or secret roads in the Americas. I was under the impression that where we were going we didn't need roads. It's well. It, it dates back to the War of eighteen twelve, and like where you're going with this. Andrew Jackson is Jerk. is is negotiating with Jean Lafitte, the pirate. And what we didn't know about that negotiation is that he gave him a map because pirates know about secret byways and highways and smuggling routes. And he gives him a map, and then fast forward to now, and there's two dudes who are running like a big rig with like a crazy like i don't know shovel on the front it looks like a tra- it looks more like a train than a big rig but they're hauling something and it's mysterious and it ends up blowing up and they don't know what it is exactly and there's betrayal and it's hyper violent and crazy and i really liked it and the art looks like sort of a cross between guy davis and matt kent 
like really That's sort of rough and you, and there's a lot of velocity to it and all forward momentum and they're holding back a lot of information but they're it both just quite makes me, those guys yeah it just <laughs> But it just that's, um that's not even a joke actually. <laughs> but it just but it just um it makes me Although all the more Matt Kent is a Matt Kent's a bit more painty. Painty and liney. Well he's liney he's liney painty. So that's cool. It is cool. <laughs> <laughs> what was the map? What did it tell you? The, well, well the pirate. the map apparently the pirate, who gave the map to whom? John Lafitte gave Andrew Jackson, then General Andrew Jackson, the map. So it's like, so you can make an escape or whatever. Like it's, I don't know, different secret roads. And so I think we're going to find out more about that later. But then that leads to these, I don't know, secret routes for hauling weird supernatural artifacts. And it also paints the picture that it's going to be like a revenge story. So So wait, I have one question. Yeah. At no point are they hauling oats, though. Could be. (laughs) I I got you back. The, That's what, the, what that was. What they're hauling, what they're hauling could be was, a man eater. It was. <laughs> Watch out! Here she comes. Here she comes. So I dropped off Justice League three thousand. Uh, I just wasn't <laughs> super into this story. If you recall, it was. It's the story of uh, in the year three thousand. Some some people do some science stuff to clone the Justice League, bring them back. Okay. And uh, it, it was fun for a while. It was like. This, like what would the Justice League be like with the powers, but no, uh, nur- no nurture, and so so Superman was a big old dumb jock, and uh, you know, and Flash kept dying. They kept going through Flashes, and so uh, I came back for this one, number eleven, because in this issue, it's it's written by Giffen and Damatia, the old Justice oh, League right, right. humor team, and it's drawn by Howard Porter, the other Justice League. So it's like a very cross cult- cross cross Justice League cultural book, but in this issue, they have brought back. Uh, Booster Gold and Blue Beetle from the pre-52. That was the big cliffhanger. They they were unfrozen from cryostasis at the very end. So it's the original characters from their original Justice League run. And, and I read an interview with Keith Giffen last week, and he was like, well, fuck it, we don't care. <laughs> I like, just, that, that seems to be like everybody, everybody's hook is that they set up the, the, the new 52, and then it was like, how can we get the old characters back in here? So many people are working on that. <laughs> it's funny because they were like, well, you know, in other books, the editors often like, well, you can't do this because this is contradicted this thing. We're the only book in the year 3000. No one can contradict us. Mm-hmm. So we're doing whatever we want. And uh, those guys have like a special place in the DC history. So they kind of, I think they kind of get a lot of leeway mm-hmm. to do what they want. So, they, so if you're a fan of that old era, if you're a fan of Je- Blue Beetle and Booster Gold who aren't really in the New 52, um, they're going to be just League three thousand. It's going to be them, and so I'm going to at least give them a few issues because I'm not, I, the the world isn't the world's okay. The characters are kind of convoluted. The ones who aren't just League characters, but uh, I'm interested to see what happens when these time displaced characters show up in this story. So we'll see. Did either of you guys read any of Imperial? No, no. It's no. this. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and call it a little book. Um, because it was tiny. it was four issues, and the and the covers are super plain, so it makes it gives it like a little like a handmade quality, I suppose. But this is from uh, Steve Siegel. Oh right, okay. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and uh, Mark Dos Santos, uh, penciler and inker. Um, and it, it's like a four. I didn't know what it was really. It just kind of the tr- cover was intriguing, and and I like to look at Siegel stuff every once in a while. And uh, 
it's this guy who is just a loaf and and he's picked by this superhero called Imperial because the guy's saying, well, he's crowned, says you're the next guy, but he's really bad at it and, and, and Imperial is the superhero and he's super regal and he's just trying to train him to the whole thing. And it went in a direction I didn't really expect and became sort of a, a like a kind of a love story. This was the fourth issue. It was the last one, just a, a little mini series. Um, no, it it was it was not amazing, but it was fun, and it was yet another uh, sort of just a little twist on on the superhero and what what it, it should be. And it was it was it was like a, it was amusing, really. Um, a space musing, not amusing, as in funny. Hmm. You know, from a, from a guy who's a veteran, and it's interesting. He's got Big Hero Six coming out this weekend, but this is the other thing he did. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. You know, still, that's what I like about the Man of Action guys is that they have no need to do comic books, but they keep doing them. Oh, they love to do them. Yeah, which is really, I love that. Those are the books that came out this week that we wanted to talk about. You go to fanboy dot com, and you can find the post for this show, and you can talk about other books or these books or whatever books. If you want to talk, we're going to talk about books in a few minutes that aren't even comic books. So talk about whatever. We are, we are open. You do that as a thing. That's fine. Let's do an email. Uh, right. Glenn writes and says, I hear you guys talk about craft a lot on the podcast. And I was wondering how far craft goes for you guys. For me, things like book layout, pagination, and paper stock are all part of the craft. But I know you guys read most of your books digitally now. And it seems like all these things are lost in the digital realm. A lot of the big publishers seem like they are a little formulaic when it comes to these sorts of things, but the smaller publishers seem to put a lot of stock into this. Example, Image, Boom, Dark Horse, etc. A few exam- a great example is Hickman. All his creator-owned books are immaculately constructed, with, but his Marvel books are fairly run-of-the-mill. Are these aspects of the craft not important to you, or is digital just so convenient that you don't mind losing, the, losing them? There's a, lot of, there's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. Um, just as, 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 as it stands, I'll tell you how I, how I go about it. I read most of the stuff digitally. I actually read most of the image stuff in the physical form, and I think that you're right. But I don't know that that like Dark Horse is necessarily their books are all seem to be pretty much the same. Uh, image definitely makes a difference in the way that they produce books in terms of materials and stuff like that because it's up to the creator. So with mm-hmm. a guy like Hickman, who's you know he's a designer also, he's an artist. You know, he has a very clear idea about what he wants and that what he wants is circles. But after that, (laughs) um, (laughs) and uh, but after that, like clearly, like his books are a notch above in the way that the paper and the printing goes and 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 how how those all come out. And I I we do all like that and respect it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also think that generally we are going through so much material at a given clip that I don't know that we pay that much attention to it. The only one I can think of off the top of my head is uh, Life with Ar- Afterlife with Archie, which has on a different paper stock, sort of a, a thicker, mm-hmm. rougher stock, which I that, like. It used to be, it used to be among like Marvel and DC, the more prestige the book was, the more fancy and heavy the paper was. Right. Like, like that's how you knew. And if you got like a prestige square bound book, holy crap, that's going to be six bucks. And this is a big bar deal. The door. Yep. It, it, yeah, I don't, I don't, and I don't feel like that. they do that anymore because all of the paper sort of got up to a notch, and it more indicates how much money they want to spend on the book versus how important the books are. Like if you look, Vertigo books got real crappy for a while. Like Vertigo trades are like still on newsprint, or at least they were up until recently. Um, because you go through the preacher trades, 
this was I don't know if there's a different printing of them, but like the first ones are on really nice, heavy, glossy paper. And then volume nine was basically newsprint. I was like, all right, well, I guess I see how this is going for them. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the I think when we talk about craft, I think our definition of it would be the uh, construction of of the story. And right, page. but he's talking about he he's he's he yeah. acknowledges that, but he wants to talk about the other craft, which is the physical craft. Yeah, I, I'm not saying no. I don't think normally we're we're discussing that when we say it, but there's certainly something to it, and I think you get more of that like in books, like Archaea books are a great example. Um, we tend to look for it more in collections. Yes. Yeah, because I was going to say the, we don't talk about it that much because the 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 week to week stuff that we're talking about on the show doesn't usually venture into that territory. It's very rare. Like sometimes it'll be like a crazy thing from Image. Um, you know, like, like a, like a McKeever book, or like, or yeah, or the or the fade out the first. Did you guys one, get that? There's a huge giant one. Yes, I've gotten it twice. Yeah, I've gotten yeah. it twice too. Um, it's yeah, it's it's just ginormous. Like it's like a placemat or like a, it's a little intimidating. Uh, I brought it to work. And <laughs> yeah, it's on the table, it's on the side table. The scale, and you know, and and you know, like uh, it's been so long. But um, Wednesday Comics, when it was on Newsprint, uh, yeah. that was that was a really big part of the experience, and I enjoyed that. Um, but I mean, week to week, Marvel, DC, you know, image ID, like they, it's not, it's not really something that they do in, in monthly single issue comics. Also not, I don't, it's probably not financially viable. Well, it, it, well, it, just, just, uh, practically, if you are selling a book through, if you're, you're doing a book through image, uh, you're paying for it, not yeah. necessarily upfront, but you, you know, like, so all the costs are going to come out of your profits. Right. So you can do a bunch of stuff, and if it's not important to you to make that extra money, then, then you can you can make whatever you want out of it. But that's a consideration, and it's the same consideration for the larger publishers too. Um, but I, I like I like to look for a good. You know what I want to I want I want a company, whether it's Image or IDW or Boom or whoever, to have the balls, and I'm putting it out there, to print a monthly comic with a fucking ribbon, a placeholder <laughs> ribbon, just a monthly. Just in a monthly twenty-two page comic. I don't want to placeholder. I ribbon. love placeholder ribbon because you, because you find yourself stopping and starting a lot in the twenty-two page comic. You never know. I'm just saying. I want to, I want to find a company that has the balls to do it. I love the placeholder so, ribbon in its so, collection. So, so what Connor I, is saying right now is that he really he likes the idea of a four ninety-nine price tag. A ribbon would have been helpful in in Tooth and Claw number one because yes. I did not read that in one sitting. I will. I enjoyed I will, it, but I did not enjoy it. I will. I was on a plane after having not slept a lot and I may have fallen asleep in the middle of it. But the book <laughs> was still there yeah. when I got up, so it wasn't a problem. I will say one other thing is that you don't see a lot of investment in this, I think because the, the audience isn't terribly invested in it, yeah. you know. I, you know, there was a time when when a book that had a 3D tin foil cover that was worth money, so they put money it was into last it. Year. Well, yeah, well they keep trying to get it back. What if we do this again? Dude, we tried, remember? Oh, it doesn't a- Here's a question. Did you did uh did you guys talk about the uh, the Harley Quinn book last week? The which one? The Harley Quinn scratch oh. and sniff book? No. No? no. Okay. Cuz I, I didn't listen cuz I couldn't be bothered, but um <laughs> that, that that book um he's writing that pun joke is so weird. Um it's 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 well, not we don't we it's don't not technically the... yeah, I got it in the mail. Um I'm on that sure. list. I got uh it's not it's rub and smell. Not scratch and sniff, right. but you could smell right. like the leather of her leather jacket. Like pot. Um, yeah, there's some stuff that's, that's like, like toxic yeah. waste that I think are just general science stuff that yeah, ends up ding. smelling that way. And there's pizza and pizza breath. And after a couple scratches and sniffs, 
Um, everything did kind of smell like one weird miasma of yeah, a dorm yeah. room. Um, I tried to rub the iPad, and all I got was fucking heat blisters. Well, you would have also gotten all those coal marks too. Right. Well, I was. I think I was rubbing the exhaust pipe. Yeah. Yeah, what you want to do is you want to get over to the diesel intake. Listen, you know what happened this week? Two hundred dollars for a new battery for my iPad because the old me. battery was wouldn't you know wouldn't go it wouldn't it wouldn't turn over anymore when I try to turn it on in the morning. So I take it to the shop, get a new battery. Well, at least it was the carburetor because you don't have a fuel injector and that's still carburetor. No, right? it was a carburetor. Then you're yeah. talking. You know, it wasn't even the alternator. The alternator would have been a big problem. Yeah, but yeah, uh, chugging along just fine. So, Glenn, that's actually a really interesting question. And I'm just amazed that thing's still legal in California. <laughs> I, I haven't gotten smog checked, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, so, thank you, Glenn, for writing in. Let's quickly do a voicemail because we never fucking do voicemails anymore. Why do I sound like I'm drunk? It's, Why are you swearing? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's because it's like I'm having I don't know. <laughs> if, wait a minute. Are you operating that iPad in a closed room? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do a voicemail. Hi, uh, this is Josh from Seattle, JNL on the site. Um, I'm calling, this is uh, a little off the subject of comics, but I was listening to some old shows, and uh, you guys got me thinking about Lincoln. So uh, if you can indulge me, uh, if Paul has anything to add, too. Uh, what would you say between Josh and Connor would be the uh, favorite book about the uh, Lincoln assassination? I don't know. I'm, I've... Uh, Oh no, it's come up twice in like these old shows I've been listening to. So I'm kind of like, hmm, I want to check out the best one of those. So yeah, um, if you guys can let me know which one was your favorite, um, that'd be great. Thanks. Bye. Well, we both recognize that this doesn't have a heck of a lot to do with comic books, but uh, we don't care. It's our and, show. Yeah, it's our show. And also, anytime somebody can tell me, you made me think a lot about Lincoln. Ask that's a public good. You can get re- rewarded by being on the show. Okay, so right away. I think that your your first bet, the thing you're going to want to go to is Manhunt, 12-Day Chase for Lincoln's Killer by James Swanson. Not a, not a, it's a relatively new book uh, in the last decade or so. Um, you want more after that, you can check out American Brutus, John Wilkes Booth and the Lincoln Conspiracies by Michael Kaufman, mm-hmm. uh, which is, really goes into depth on uh, on uh, Booth and, and the conspiracy and all that stuff. You could, you could and, and only after you've read all that should you then watch the, the Redford movie uh, it's not conspiracy. It's uh, yeah. Is it conspiracy? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, well, I have a third one. So those two are those two are excellent. I, that's the order I read them. I read Manhunt first, and then I read American Brutus. The third one is They Have Killed Papa Dead. Oh, by Anthony Pitch, which I read. Um, I think I think flying to a convention, mm-hmm. or maybe on a on a train. I definitely read it on a conveyance. But anyway, uh, that one's really really good too, and it has a lot more. I think it's newer. Mm-hmm. Then those are the first two, and yes. I think it has more, some more information, more uncovered stuff in it. Like that was the first book that mentioned that they had to sneak Lincoln into town on a train because mm-hmm. he because there was so many uh, no that was against him. That was in uh, Doris Kearns Goodwin's book. That was no, in, this was in They Have Killed Papa Dead. This is the first time I had read because I've read Doris Kearns Goodwin. Right, I know, but that fact was in that is what I'm saying. It's part of I know. Story. Well, I'm books saying are about the same Hunt, American Brutus. Then you read They Have Killed Papa Dead. You'll find new facts. I understand. Those three books. Uh, I was going to say though, if you then, if you, if you're really into it, then you definitely need to go back and read uh, Goodwin's uh, A Team of Rivals, because uh, it sets the stage for all of that. And then you get in deep after that. You can start reading Shelby Foote's History of the Civil War. Uh, and then I would recommend renting the Lincoln Lawyer. Matthew <laughs> McConaughey is a lawyer who works out of his car. 
And what does he have to do with Lincoln? He works in a Lincoln. His I'm gonna go car ahead and not is recommend named after actually not a bad movie. that dude. I'm going to go ahead and not recommend Killing Lincoln by Bill O'Reilly uh, because I'm biased. So those are those are the th- I would say the three that I would say are Manhunt. Manhunt's written more like a thriller almost. He also but it's did, a good introduction to the whole scenario. He also did uh, like Swanson did like all ages versions of those stories too. Interesting, which is really interesting. Would either of so, you recommend uh, Lincoln Park's Hybrid Theory? No, no. Okay. So Manhunt. It's not even American spelled Bruce, correctly. And they killed Papa Dead. Those are the three, the top three Lincoln assassination books. I would Elitist. check those out. Sure. You can co- email us at contact at ifanboy.com or call us my line at 888-FANBOY-326-2697. And uh, thanks to Josh and to Glenn for doing that. It's true. Uh, would either of you recommend putting up a profile on LinkedIn? No. Definitely no, not. Definitely not. <laughs> Completely useless. for all three of us. <laughs> And if you want to have a lot of email in your box complete, constantly telling you about LinkedIn, you can do that. Apparently, if I click now, I can get a free 30-day trial. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, really quickly, uh, we did a Birdman podcast, me and Ron and Mike Romo. We did a podcast on Birdman or the Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. So if you were one of the dozens of people that have seen that movie, uh, maybe listen, to the, listen to the podcast. Uh, it's, it was lots of fun. And uh, but I, again, we mentioned this last week. Don't listen to the podcast unless you have have seen the movie, because uh, the less you know about the movie, the better going into it. I had I had one chance to see that while I was in San Francisco, and and I missed it. And I was like, well, I guess we're gonna go. We we'll have to wait for <laughs> wait for it, next time. It ain't playing up here. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I don't so know, maybe, let me look. You that was a lot talking. of fun. It's always fun talking to Mike and Ron about movies, and this was a particularly interesting one to talk about. So that was that, and. Uh, I don't think we have any other special editions planned until we get to the year-end all-media podcast, Paul, which we have to start preparing for. Ooh, yeah. uh, so uh, you can look forward to that in the middle, middle of December, about a month from now, actually. A little over a month from now. This we'll is the part of the that. year where I try to remember where I figure out if you know things I rented that I enjoyed came out this year or like should they count if they came out in January? Like, I don't know. Um, I don't remember. I, I remember seeing a lot of great movies this year, so that'll be fun. So we'll start to prep for that, and we'll have that show for you in a month or so. And until then, I think we're probably done on special edition shows unless something comes along that fan- we catch our fancy. So check that out. That's over at ifanboy.com as well as the post for this show. You can comment on this show, The Birdman Show, any podcast we've done, talking about this week's books or movies or TV shows related to comics. All that's at ifanboy.com. Yeah, I would definitely have to leave this state. That's what I just learned. <laughs> I was only playing at 50 screens at the time of the recording of the show, so I don't know yeah. how many it's on now. Uh, so you can uh, you can follow us at uh, twitter.com slash ifanboy. You go to facebook.com slash ifanboy. Um, and if you do that, you'll you'll know what the pick of the week is before the show comes out, if, if that is a thing that is important to you. Um, First. That's right. Do people do that? Is that a thing? They still do that. I should just do that all over Facebook. Just every time I see something that hasn't been commented on with all those people I don't know. Just first, first, first. first. He just been, he's been doing that for two weeks. I, mean, I wonder how many people I can lose. Anyway, you can also follow us individually at C.S. Kilpatrick, Fuzzy Typewriter. Ah. Or Jay, were you invaded by aliens? Because that was definitely not a sound that your iPad makes. <laughs> Sorry. I forgot to turn my phone off. And finally, if you dig this kind of thing, you can write us a review in iTunes. Better yet, tell your friends about this show or my other show, O-Comics, with an exclamation point at the end. You don't have to put that in when you're searching in iTunes, but... Uh, had some fun stuff lately. Uh, if I can, if I can say, if I can indulge for just a second, uh, we did a discussion last week about dyslexia and comics. 
which was really in, enlightening and interesting. And this week I spoke to uh, Bill Kartopoulos, who is the new series editor for the Best American Comics of 2014. And there's a lot of talk actually kind of apropos. We talked about that email about uh, paper stock and stuff like that because we talk about that. And how do you put Chris Ware's building stories into an anthology that is not the shape of building stories? And when you don't have the paper that they used for Hip Hop Family Tree. So that's a fun one. Uh, check that out, please. Well, all right. <laughs> it's I my job. No, I'm not. No, I just, we got, I didn't, I didn't know where I was then. Because then after that, it just says. That's it for this week's show? Yeah. Thank I didn't know who was going to do that. Oh. See, this is the problem when there's three of us. Yeah. Too many people. Shows gonna, with three people are hard. Listen, guys. How did we do this listen, for so many years? We're going to have to let me go. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you've been really valuable to the team, me. But um, I have to let me go. It's not Nothing the personal. quality of work you used to put in. I think that's absolutely clear. Did you hear the puns on this show? I said Hall and Oates. I respected that one, though. Yeah. That's, an, that's a good one. He said Hall in like three times, and my head was like, <laughs> I couldn't help it. I think this had been a really good show up until now. <laughs> this had been a good I was show. actually really proud of this episode and then I don't know. And then I I did. I just pulled the plug out from it. Let the air Josh out. Josh ruins balloon. things. That's what he does. That's what I do. I'm Josh. Just ruin, ruin things. Hey, I, I heard you installed that new choke valve on the iPad. Is that working out for you? Cuz they was having trouble starting in colder weather. Yeah, well the thing is um we had a brief cold snap in LA, which meant it got down to into the 50s. And so what I did was I have everyone huddle around the iPad for warmth. Yeah, you want to be careful because the diesel fuel can gel up. Oh yeah, if you're not careful. <laughs> so, oh god, I have a back problem now from lugging it around. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The Sherpa didn't come through. No, not covered in my my insurance. Good call. All right. Thanks. So Until well. next week, I'm Connor. I'm, I'm Josh. No, I changed it around. I was. I don't want to be last. It's too much pressure. <laughs> I'm saying it didn't last for nine years. I know. I just wanted to see what would happen. You can't just switch it up after nine years. <laughs> it's muscle memory now. <laughs> we are Groot. Listen, it doesn't say fucking Jeff, does it? Why did I swear? <laughs> <laughs>